Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. New data from Stats Canada this week shows nearly half of Canadian young adults aged 20 to 24 and about a third of youths 15 to 19 say they've tried vaping at least once in their lives. Numbers come just three months after some new reporting requirements for retailers and manufacturers were passed, bringing change to what some had called the Wild West in vaping. As of September, there are six provinces and territories that ban or are set to ban most flavors of vape products. Nova Scotia, PEI, New Brunswick, Northwest Territories, Nunavut, and as of the end of October, Quebec as well. Uh, In addition, you've got Ontario, BC, and Saskatchewan that have some restrictions that only permit the sale of flavored vaping liquids to uh, specialty vape shops that children cannot enter. So let's talk about vaping. Uh, To do that, we're joined by Jamie Seabrook, Chair of the School of Food and Nutritional Sciences at Brescia University College, who joins us now. I appreciate the time today. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You released a study earlier this year on high school students vaping, so I'd imagine the data from Stats Canada doesn't really surprise you. No, it doesn't. It's uh, Vaping is extremely popular right now among youth, and it continues to be um, you know, highly prevalent, and I think a lot of that is really attributable to aggressive marketing, and uh, certainly still in the province of Ontario, the flavored vape products. Is it aggressive marketing? And also, you know, when vaping started, uh, the you know, the, or at least when it came around and uh, came into prominence, people viewed it as a way to quit smoking. And I wonder if that initial introduction to it has kind of stuck with people. Yeah, it, you know, it is used as a smoking cessation tool, uh, more so among uh, the adult population. But it is really growing, uh, continuing to grow in popularity among non-smoking youth. And of course, that's been very problematic because of the, you know, the link with nicotine addiction and the exposure to harmful chemicals, for example. How addictive can it be? It can be really, really addictive. Um, some research that I've read, you know, uh, there was one uh, meta-analysis that showed that among non-smoking youth, they were about four to five times more likely to subsequently start uh, cigarette smoking into adulthood. So there's that link to nicotine addiction and that once they get linked, uh, you know, addicted to it and, you know, the vaping um, goes up more regularly and more frequent, you know, a lot are vaping every single day, you know, the odds of subsequent cigarette smoking really skyrocket. Are we doing enough to regulate it or moving fast enough in that direction? I do like that Ontario is going to is planning to move um, flavored vapes only into specialty stores. I think that's a good first step. I think more needs to be done, like you know, increasing you know prices, taxes on on vaping products, for example. But the the reality is is that you know adolescents that I've certainly spoke to, they don't have much problem accessing um, vape products, including those that contain nicotine, regardless of where they're sold. Where do they get it? Well, a lot of them, if they can't get it in, in specialty stores, will get it through peers and friends, um, as well, of course, as online. And, uh, you know, the, the, we don't know a lot about the long-term health effects yet. That's research is still coming out. But we've seen, in addition to, you know, exposure to harmful chemicals, things like, uh, you know, acute pulmonary injury and even things like seizures from nicotine toxicity. And, of course, the biggest concern, the one that I have is that, because the brain is still developing, this impacts brain development, which really, you know, brain keeps developing to about uh, roughly around the age of 25. 
we've been through this train in, in a way with smoking so I'm, uh, with cigarettes. Uh, so I'm a bit surprised that we, you know, that we have these, you know, similar type conversations with marijuana as well. Like we've had these conversations already, the idea of there being a wild west of anything when it comes to some version of smoking to me is is crazy since we've kind of gone down this route before. We know what the roadmap is. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And when you mention something like cannabis, um, you know, about 33% of adolescent vape users here in Canada actually use their vaping device to consume cannabis. So there's, you know, often vape use gets lumped together in research as one kind of unitary behavior, but in reality, a lot will use their vape for nicotine. And about a third, it's a little bit less common, but that's still a lot, about a third of adolescents, like I said, will use their vaping device for cannabis. Some will use nicotine-free products, but that's the least common. So should we, I guess, based on that, be looking at, you know, vaping as three different types of versions? Or, like, do the require, do we, do we the regulations need to be different, or can they still be the same regardless of how it's used? Yeah, I, because nicotine vaping is the most common, that is the biggest problem in my in my opinion because of the addiction to to nicotine. And the other thing that sometimes doesn't get discussed maybe as much as it should is that those who vape are also far more likely to um, consume cannabis or alcohol or smoke cigarettes. There's a high correlation with poly substance use. And and in my opinion, you know, any interventions that kind of target um, uh, already existing vape users among adolescents should really target not just vaping cessation, but target polysubstance use in general because it's so linked with other other substances. Do you see governments or do you think governments are coming around to, to do something on this front with uh, some of the movement we've seen from the provinces, uh, you know, relatively recently? I do like, uh, like kind of like I mentioned, I do like the idea of uh, limiting um, vape products uh, that, are, that are flavored in uh, specialty stores because, of course, accessing those in, in you know gas station convenience stores is quite easy. So I think that's a step in the right direction. I would like to see, uh, you know, a complete um, ban on flavored vape products because they're just so popular among youth. They are. And, you know, I, I can see why it appeals to youth. You can get a big plume of smoke. It's an, an interesting thing. I can see why youth would be attracted to it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the reality is even though there's, you know, fewer toxic chemicals in, like, e-cigarettes than traditional cigarettes, the reality is it's still not safe. It's not good for their hearts. It's not good for their lung. And, and the nicotine addiction is really the biggest concern. We will follow with interest. Uh, Jamie, certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. That's uh, Jamie Seabrook, a chair of the School of Food and Nutritional Sciences at Brescia University College.